Welcome back, podcast fans. I'm your host, Annette Hines, and this is Parenting Impossible, the special needs survival podcast. It's a new year, 2021, and I don't know about you, but I'm super excited to turn the page on that calendar. I think it's been a while since I've introduced this podcast, and for those of you who are new or who haven't been listening for a while or who maybe it's just been a while since I've introduced myself, I thought I would just put a little reminder out there of what this podcast is all about and why I started it and what we're trying to do here. So this is a podcast that I started back in September of 2019, believe it or not. It has been quite a while, and we are inching our way up to our 100th episode. Unbelievable. I I can't, I'm beside myself ecstatic about that planning uh, a big to-do. It's going to look different than what I thought it was going to be because of the pandemic. I was hoping to do a live event. I don't know that we're going to be able to do that because I don't think we're going to be able to um, get together in person still. I think that we are still going to be, you know, somewhat... um, being careful. I don't think we're all going to have our vaccine by then. Uh, It's looking like our 100th episode is going to be in March. So at any rate, uh, maybe we'll be able to do a celebration in the summer uh, or, you know, maybe later in the fall. But um, I'm excited. This podcast has been such a blessing for me. It's a continuation of the theme that I started nine years ago with Special Needs Law Group. And I'm not here to hawk my services. That is not what this is all about. Uh, Many, many years ago when I started as an attorney, I started because I wear so many hats. I am a mom of two girls. Um, one Elizabeth who passed away seven years ago now from mitochondrial disease. She was profoundly disabled with intellectual disability, profound health issues, and degenerative mitochondrial disease, which is a neuromuscular disorder similar to muscular dystrophy. If you know what that is, that might give you some idea of what she was like. She was blind and in a wheelchair and um, could not do much for herself, but she was beautiful and funny and so full of life and so much fun to be around and just the love of my life, such a joy. And uh, we had 17 wonderful years together. And my younger daughter, Caroline, very different, but also such a joy, intense and very special in so many ways and creative and funny and um, really um, connected and, um, you know, really wants to make a difference in the world and, and intensely caring about so many things and So many special needs siblings, especially younger special needs siblings, really want to help change things. Um, And she is definitely like that. She's very mission-oriented, very, very mission-based. And I just love her to death. So Caroline and Elizabeth um, have made me just the best thing in the world, which is a mama. So that's first. Second, I'm an attorney and an advocate, which I love. And third, I stand in as a guardian for multiple people and a fiduciary um, as a trustee, uh, a representative payee for people's social security benefits, a conservator over people's finances and a few other fiduciary roles as well. And what that means is when people don't have that circle of care that they need to provide support to them and protection and and fill in those much needed roles when they can't do for themselves, then 
I step in when asked and when needed to provide those roles both in a, a legal, uh, mostly legal way um, and an appointed way to be able to provide that protection, that decision-making and, and those legal roles. So those are the three hats that I wear and that's where I come to as I look around and see that there's a lack of information, a lack of support, a lack of cohesiveness in our disability community. And I know that just doing this through the law firm was not getting, getting things done. I worked hard for many years to get out in the community and to give information, to do talks and to volunteer, uh, but it wasn't enough. It was never enough. So I started thinking many years ago about wanting to create something else and to do things in a bigger way. And this podcast is one of those pieces Special Needs Companies is an overarching group of services and supports, but also of other ways of getting the information out there, not through the law firm, but in another way that provides free resources and free information, and also connecting up all of the community supports in, in a way to bring the disability community together. And to do it in a way that wasn't fractured, because there are a lot of services and supports out there that say, hey, this is for disabled individuals, this is for siblings, this is for parents, this is for this group, this is for that group. But I wanted to provide a place for people to come that was for everybody. So it might be a pipe dream, but that's okay. It's my pipe dream. So I'm going to pursue it. And what I've done over the last couple of years is to put this podcast on to um, create a Facebook group called Circle of Care that's got hundreds and hundreds of members now, and it's growing every week. And we do a Facebook Live at 6 p.m. Eastern time on Wednesdays um, and provide for this membership to support each other. And that's been going great. Um, If you're not on Facebook, that's okay. There are other ways to connect with us. So there's this podcast, there's Facebook Live, we do uh, blog posts, and we do webinars. Um, They're posted on our YouTube channel. And we are um, working on many other ways to get information and access and resources out there for free so that the community can connect to each other. So again, this podcast is just one of those ways in wearing this, these many hats that I have to connect um, all of you folks in the community. If you have other ideas, I want to hear them. If you have questions, if you have concerns, if you have thoughts, please bring them to me, bring them to each other. Let's all connect. Let's all get together. Let's all raise the level of information, care, and support for the disability community. It's so important. So um, today, my podcast is the uh, continuing theme this month of getting 2021 off on the on its best foot and I wanted to do that because more than ever we need to turn that page and we need to get 2020 in the rearview mirror and I know that last week's um, events I don't even know what to say about them were upsetting to say the least but we need to keep moving forward. We need to plan out our year to have the best year ever. I'm still planning on doing that. And one of the ways that we can do that is to put a really good special needs estate plan together. If you've got a plan already, let's dust it off. Let's take a look at it. Let's refresh it. And that's what our podcast is about today. So my guest today is my husband and law partner, Mark Worthington. 
and he is my favorite interview, as you know. So without further ado, here's Mark. Welcome back, podcast fans. I'm your host, Annette Hines, and this is Parenting Impossible, the special needs survival podcast. Well, we made it. It's 2021, and I'm here with my favorite guest. Guess who it is? Mark Worthington, maybe, I hope. Mark Worthington. All right. So if you haven't heard us together before, Mark is my husband and my law partner, and we have a blast when we get to present to you together. And I love my podcast episodes with Mark. So this podcast is one that I did at the beginning of January last year also. And this is all about getting your year started off right. Well, it's the same topic. It's not the same podcast. Well, if it was the same podcast, we wouldn't be here together in person. I would just be hitting the rerun button. Okay. Um, But we don't do that. Some other shows do that, but we don't do that here. All right. We are presenting fresh new material to you. And that material is all about how to get your estate plan up and dusted off and, you know, up on its feet and and refreshed refreshed and started off on the right foot just like everything else we're going to talk about this month in january as we say estate planning is a process not a one-time event right there's no one and done so having said that we came up with three easy steps easy steps to refreshing your estate plan Really, for us, it's all about the special needs component to your estate plan to make sure that you get off on the right foot in 2021. I love saying that, 2021. (laughs) And everybody's been making this really great joke that I love to say that hindsight is 2020. Yay, finally. (laughs) It's in our rearview mirror, people. So um, it's been a whirlwind week, though. I mean... What happened last week at the Capitol was like... Has anything happened this year so far? Oh, my God. (laughs) Uh, We don't get very political here on this podcast. No, let's not talk about it, please. But it was surreal. A bit. But if you're a student of history, you know that many weird and bizarre things have happened, not only in world history in the past, but in the United States as well. I think if you're a student of history, it helps you calm down a little bit and keep things in a little bit of perspective so that you have some faith that the United States will get through this and will move forward and have great days ahead. This too shall pass. So, Mark. Yes. Talking about bad things. as we were getting ready for this podcast, I asked you to look up some figures for me because I'm excited that the vaccine is starting to be delivered and uh, everybody in the phase one is starting to get their, at least their first shot. And some people are gearing up to get their second shot now because shot number one was being delivered towards the middle and end of December. And now we're in the middle um, of January and people are starting to get, you know, shot number two. So we looked up the COVID deaths and Johns Hopkins, Johns Hopkins, oh my God, I can't even talk, um, is, I guess, the authority to go to, the trustworthy authority to go to on COVID deaths. And you gave the numbers to me, 379,000 COVID deaths since the um since the beginning in the u.s and 1.956 million worldwide so almost 2 million worldwide that is just astounding um and such a sobering thought um we've had quite a few here in our practice and within our circle and within our you know sort of as you as the circle goes out a bit you know within our groups and within our our state um and that really makes you think about being prepared 
and the impact that this pandemic has had on our practice, on our business, on our individual families, and uh, on the families that we serve. And so it's changed a lot about how we plan. It's taken on, it's take, the planning has taken on a little bit of a different meaning um, for me. What, what do you think? What's your response to that? Oh, I mean, in the, <clears throat> excuse me, in the sense that there's urgency in some people's minds that wasn't there before. <clears throat> um, but the tools that we use and the objectives that we have are still constant, still the same. Mm-hmm. It, it has brought out, it, it has brought people out to plan in a way that they haven't before. And I think it's brought people in to talk to the lawyer or, you know, to have more of a technical conversation in a way that they maybe haven't before. And they're paying attention to the documents in a way that they maybe haven't before. Well, I see what you mean. The Because this has become a little more real, I mean, it depends on the individual, but a number of individuals now, the planning is less abstract. Right. It's less, yeah, okay, well, you know, here's a will someday, you know, blah, blah, and not really caring. They're, they're, they're sitting up, they're paying more attention, and they're paying more attention to the details that we think are important. This healthcare proxy, which I don't know that I'm ever going to need to use, now they know how important it is because somebody may need to phone in or be part of a Zoom meeting to make decisions for them, um, you know, from far away, for example. So they, they understand that this document is potentially going to have quite power and authority mm-hmm. over what happens to them. And not just to them, but even planning for their loved ones and so forth if they die so many times. We just view it in the abstract. Right. We don't really think that something could happen, really, really could happen to us soon. So over this past year, we've found that people are asking such great detailed questions and really getting into the nitty-gritty where I think we haven't seen that in that depth before. And it's, it's just awakening people in a way that we haven't seen before. So I don't usually use this podcast in any kind of a salesy way. I, in fact, I'm proud of how little I interface our business with the podcast. But I will say that the amount of business that has come in this past year and the beginning of January, people are so motivated at the start of this new year to put their best foot forward and get that estate plan either reviewed, renewed, revived, revitalized, dusted off, um, refreshed, started if they haven't started one or done one. We are really having trouble keeping up to be honest with you. Um, And it's impressive, all of you, to um, just to say how serious you are all taking this. And for those of you who are listening and who are really just trying to get moving on this, I I just applaud your efforts. So I wanna dig in and we wanna give you some advice and give you these three easy steps for launching into 2021. Disclaimer, this is not legal advice and you're not our clients. (laughs) Now, of course, although we are attorneys in Massachusetts, this is not a state-specific talk. Mm -hmm. And we are going to give some general advice about how to dust off that plan and take a look at it for the new year. So we think the first most important thing that you should look at is your own family and your family circle. And let's take a look at what is new in your family and in your circle. And that really involves two things. When you're looking at what's new with you, 
you're going to look at changes within the people in your circle and changes regarding the stuff. The stuff you own. The stuff you own. And I will say, you know, people often say, they often think, I only need to come back if there's some kind of change in the law. Right. There's been two times in my <clears throat> rather lengthy career when the law has really compelled uh, some changes to the estate plan. I mean, this is talking about 30 years, okay? Only two times. Both of them involved retirement plan change uh, laws changes. Mm -hmm. But it's always the other side of the conference room table that really drives it. It's changes in the family circumstances. It's changes in assets. It's changes in whatever. And that's you, my friend. And that's you. So let's talk about what some of those changes with the people in your circle might be. Well, first of all, how's your health? Because that is what has been driving a lot of people to come and see us. You might be sick. Somebody in your circle might be sick. Your husband, your wife, your spouse, your kids, your parents. Um, maybe you are you know, not sick yet, but you're worried about that. Um, perhaps people have moved away and they're not close by and you're concerned about that. Perhaps you used to worry about being so people being so far away, but now the fact that there's Zoom and there's, you know, so much ability to make decisions electronically, you're less worried about that. Mm -hmm. And when you did your documents 10 years ago, this thing about this thing called Zoom wasn't a thing. And you couldn't imagine somebody being able to hop on a video call with your doctor in the hospital for 15 minutes to be able to make a decision regarding surgery for you. But now, that's a lot more easily done. Mm -hmm. And you would have picked your sister out in California, but for the distance. Right. Don't forget, not just family and friends and so forth moving, what if you've moved? Right. Anytime, if you change your state of domicile, you need to see somebody uh, about that because there may be just some little things to deal with about the new state, maybe some major things. Every state's got its own quirks in the law. And it may or may not mean some changes to your plan. Right. But it's worth having a conversation. So changes in the people. Sometimes those changes are that some people that you've picked to be part of your circle are not doing so well in other ways. We've seen people who have fallen off the wagon. Maybe, you know, they've started drinking too much, had some issues with going into too much debt, and you're a little worried about them handling your finances. Somebody's had a bankruptcy. You may still think the world of them, but they're a credit risk. Um, maybe somebody's gotten divorced mm -hmm. and they're really not part of your family anymore. And although you may still love them dearly, they're probably not somebody that you want to be part of your plan. Uh, perhaps, now, People when are, we talk about part of your plan, this could be as somebody who might inherit from you someday, but in particular, it could be somebody who you've named to take care of things for you when you can't. A health care agent, an agent, a trustee, a or a trustee for a child, a right. guardian for you, or a guardian for a child. Right. Um, perhaps, you know, this is somebody who you had selected to a very important role as a co with somebody that they now are not speaking to any longer. You know, your brother and sister, you get along with both of them, but they are not now getting along with each other. So those are things that come up over time in a family. Um, and they're, you know, these are the tough things in life that happen. These are, these are the waves that, that come and go in families. And so um, we want to just encourage you to uh, take a look at that every couple of years. Can we talk about happy changes? 
Yes. Okay. New babies. Trying to think of one. Oh, yeah. Well, but now... And grandchildren. Yeah. Now... I can't a wait. A really well done <laughs> estate plan has already taken that into account, barring unusual circumstances. But there could be things, for example, like Marriages. when you did your planning. Well, what I was thinking of is when you did your planning, your children were ugh, teenagers and... Yeah, I'm not going to put them in charge of things. All right. Okay. All right. I'm sorry. I've jumped the gun. <laughs> We're going to talk about that in a few. But really, you know, changes in people are more about people who have been added to your circle. Now you have wonderful people who have come into your life through marriage or through just, you know, getting to know new people. Um, somebody who has become a, a great family friend or um, you know children and grandchildren being born we love that sometimes it means a divorce unfortunately let's talk about changes to your stuff hey before you do you know what else what other kind of great addition can happen that you might want to be thinking about your dog your dog that's right <laughs> We got a great dog. What if you check out, where's your dog going to go? Who's going to take care of your dog? And what are you going to do to compensate them? Could be a horse. Yes. Dog's the most common. Cats, too. But you really need somebody who can take care of your pets for you. Mm -hmm. And some pets live a long time, like birds and horses. Yeah. So you do really need to be thinking and about And guaranteed, that. Your, your animal, your pet is almost certainly more expensive over the rest of its life than you really are thinking about. Mm. And you need to, it would be good if you could leave some money to go along with that pet to help whoever is going to take it to take care of that animal. Oh my gosh. Precious Bailey, our dog Bailey. Yeah. I can't even imagine leaving her behind. And she's not stuff. No, she's not stuff. Although under the law, she's stuff. She's, she's a, a lot person. more like a person. No, she's a person. So now we can talk about stuff. Okay. So stuff changes a lot. And, you know, people more often than not accumulate more stuff over time rather than less stuff. Meaning that, you know, most people have the good fortune to do more savings over time, even special needs families that have more expenses than the average family. You grow your assets and that's wonderful and you need to be thinking about that. And assets can change. Sometimes you buy and sell real estate. Sometimes you acquire new real estate. Sometimes you change the nature of the assets that you have, meaning you may um, inherit some, some assets from other family members. Sometimes you may buy um, a business or you may start a business. Sometimes you may acquire life insurance. Annuities, so, investment yeah. accounts. So, I mean, cash is cash. Cash is easy to deal with. Cash right? is king. But assets that can require special attention, as Annette was saying, real estate, closely held businesses, um, life insurance, artwork, but, you know, kind of like ex serious artwork, okay? Firearms. Um, and you've got to do special things and, and take special consideration when it comes to firearms. Yeah, absolutely. Um, dogs, <laughs> horses, cats, etc. Um, and you made me think of a few others, and now, I'm, now they're slipping my mind. Um, but So I guess we should go on. If I think of them, I will mention them. So... It's, it's really important as you're reviewing your plan to review your list of your stuff, your assets, and look at how that's changed from when you first did your plan because 
you really need to tie your assets to your documents, tie your assets to your plan, and make sure that you've got your beneficiary designations correct. Absolutely. Because you can really change the nature of the plan that you've put in place if Benef you haven't. Death beneficiary designations are extraordinarily powerful estate planning tools, even though the lawyer, it isn't the lawyer drafting a document, they com can completely bypass all of your planning. You have to connect your assets to your plan. As Absolutely. well as joint, jointly owned assets. Jointly owned assets, yep. We've seen jointly owned assets and death beneficiary designations completely change the face of somebody's intent yep. in their plan. So that's a really great place to start with your review. That's number one. Number two is really to review the documents itself and your roadmap, what your plan started out with as intent. And if you worked with a planner like us, you're going to have a summary document. So start there and see what you, you wanna refresh your memory about what you were trying to accomplish. And it'll start off with what your goals were and it'll go through a little summary of each document that you signed and what that document is doing for you and who the people are that are you know, taking on some role in each of those documents. And then, then you want to start outlining, besides what's in there, what changes might I want to make? Well, because and look, if I could, just, it's incredible. No, uh, I, I'm no, um, not trying to diss anybody at all, but even the very brightest clients we have, a year after we've signed documents can have very wrong memories of how, like for example, who they've named as trustee or who they've named in other positions Right. Um, just a year later. So it really pays to go back through that summary document and refresh your memory about how things are. And if you didn't get a summary document, that's fine. Perhaps you need to go back and read the documents that you have and just try to outline briefly what each document is, what it's doing, and who the people are that yeah. are in the document. And you can spot those key areas pretty well. You can skip over all the stuff about the rule against perpetuities and blah, 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 that only I care about. You sure. <laughs> you want to just say, okay, here's my will. Who is the person in the will that's responsible for basically running the will? Who's so in charge and that's who That's my executor. And then who's getting all my stuff? Yeah. Who who's are in the charge and who's getting stuff? And how are they getting it, in trust or outright? And, you know, as Mark said, very often people will come to us and they'll say, okay, here's what my plan says. And when we actually read the plan, there's a lot of times when what's really on paper is different than what people's memories are mm -hmm. of that. And that is really easy to understand. Nobody expects you to have a law school understanding or a lawyer's understanding of what those documents are. Nor a perfect memory. Right. So again, if you've got that summary document, great. That is a great place to start. You, you take that and then you go back to your first step and you look at, you know, okay, so I've written down changes in the people in my life, changes with my stuff. Then I look at my plan from three years or five years or 10 years or even 20 years ago. And I say, oh, oh my God, Uncle Fred's died and he's sitting here It is my trustee. Oh, I guess I better do something about that. Or, oh my gosh, you know, Aunt Louise has, you know, taken to the bottle and she's sitting here as, as, my, as guardian <laughs> for, my, for my disabled adult child think I better do something about that. Or, you know, by the way, you know, here are, here was the asset list that I had given to my lawyer. But when I look at the asset list that I have now, 10 years later, it looks so different. What's amazing is nobody ever, no one ever has successfully predicted, in my experience, what they were going to be worth 10 years later. Mm -hmm. They always think it's going to be about the same or a little bit more. 
typically it's doubled or more. So here's the part where Mark and I want to talk to you about a few things that you may want to consider when you're reviewing your plan that as your family changes and ages and grows, there are lots of happy things that you may want to do with your planning. Maybe you didn't have a special needs trust before, but you want to incorporate one now. There are lots of great reasons to use special needs trusts, and we're not going to go into them in this podcast because we've done other podcasts about special needs trusts. But, you know, there are so many good reasons to use a special needs trust. First of all, you know, we've done a great podcast about the SECURE Act and some of the benefits of being able to use retirement plans at a special needs trust. In addition, third-party special needs trusts are asset protected, creditor protected, and protected for divorce in many, many, many states. So that's a wonderful give, give me, you know, so that's great too. And we've got that great protection for public benefits. So third-party SNITs, as we call them, SNTs, are a great tool. And if you haven't put one in place, you may want to add one to your plan. In addition, Mark and I see two things that we add in as changes quite regularly to people who are updating their plans. Trust protectors and also changing as kids get older our quote typical developing kids not our special needs kids adult kids where the kids are ready to be their own trustee but where we can offer them some asset protection over their entire lives so i'm gonna let mark talk about that for a few minutes well what we can do there is uh, the same kind of asset protection that we can give to the special needs child we can give to the typically developing child once they're old enough and they can have lots and lots of great asset protection divorce protection and so forth and yet still you can give them a great deal of say so in what happens with their trust i don't want to get into all the details of that but typically the more control you give someone over their inheritance the more that you've compromised the asset protection so for example if you give all of the assets to the child outright it's completely vulnerable to all of their creditors to divorce etc etc I'll make a special exception for that for certain community property states but um, we can we can you can leave those assets in trust for those kids without depriving them of significant um, say so over what happens to that trust for them. So this is going to be um, a little different from state to state. Yep. But in general, there's some level of this, this kind of asset protection planning that can be done mm -hmm. in every state. And we did a great podcast on trust protectors uh, just a, Which is a separate topic. A month or two ago. But um, that, and I, I encourage you to go back and check that out as well. And, but that is another thing that we see people often adding in if they don't already have that in their plan because it's a great way to add in having a professional or corporate trustee, but making sure that family members or family friends or someone in your circle of care can really oversee Right. The special needs trust so, aspect. If I could, the, the quickie bottom line on the trust protectors is that there's a lot of other different uses, but the one that we find the most relevant for us is you could have a trust for a young person or for a special needs adult, and um, a lot of times people say, well, for whatever reason, a professional trustee is called for here, not a family member, but I want a family member as a co-trustee because I want a family member to stay involved and so forth. But then the family member has a lot of responsibilities, a lot of liability, a lot of duties, and it's a lot of work. And a lot of times professionals and the family member come to blows, uh, things like that. Instead, by a trust protector method, we can have the family member uh, really be in a supervisory position 
um, but not have all the responsibilities and, and so forth. Right, not, not the day-to-day -day work. Right. So those are just two of many things that people may want to undertake when they're reviewing their plan and making some changes and sort of refreshing and improving their plan from year to year. We're always, always finding better and better ways to improve estate plan, estate planning and special needs planning to, to make a better plan for folks besides just coming up with a plan that protects public benefits and protects assets for tax planning, et cetera, et cetera. So the last part is, hey, there's been changes in the law. And Mark alluded to that in the beginning of the podcast when he talked about there have only been two times in 30 years that the law has actually changed where that has caused us to need to change the, the planning or to change the documents. And one, hap one of those times happened December of 2019. And that was with the SECURE Act. Now we're one year later with the SECURE Act. And um, what do we have to say about that? Has much changed since, since 2019, <laughs> since December of 2019? Do we know we, much more? We don't know anything more. We expected to. Um, in March, uh, my committee uh, with the National Academy of Elder Law Attorneys submitted a um, memo to um, uh, to, to uh, the Internal Revenue Service with various questions that we wanted them to answer either through an IRS notice uh, of guidance or through proposed regulations. We were told that they were imminent and that after a you know internal review process we should expect them no later than June. But then COVID. Then COVID. And so we've heard nothing. Uh, and so there's really been no developments. We still have a lot of unanswered questions. And that's it. We're just waiting to see. Okay. So the SECURE Act, for those of you who haven't had a chance to check out our podcast uh, or, and or our webinar on our YouTube channel about that, um, is a retirement planning IRS law that impacts um, retirement plans and the stretch and how long we have to take those plans out when the original owner dies yeah essentially mm -hmm. and the piece of that that's important for a special needs plan is that we are able to continue to get a lifetime stretch if the disabled person is the beneficiary but also if a special needs trust is the beneficiary if as it's well. drafted in a certain way if it's drafted in a certain way and most special needs trusts were not drafted appropriately and so needed to be well they revised. were appropriate before the secure act right. but then now they need to be tweaked needed to be tweaked so um so there you go and uh because of that we needed to go back and revise many of our documents uh, as did many of our colleagues need to advise their clients that they should come back in and um, many of our clients did some haven't yet um, decided to come back in again it really depends on the size of your retirement plans and whether you're actually going to have any retirement plans at the end of the day to leave anybody um, because you know if the retirement plans are not sizable than the tax implications for having to come out over 10 years versus coming out over a lifetime won't necessarily be that meaningful. Yeah. Uh, the other thing about what's new in the law is we did get the final, final, final regulations uh, on the ABLE accounts. Right. After so many years of having them. And most of it was expected. Absolutely, what we expected, and there couple were of, a couple of couple of surprises, surprises and a couple and a couple of oddities. But really, I think the important thing is even today, which is I think six years after Congress authorized able accounts, 
still we find many of our clients, many of many advisors, uh, don't know at all about them or really don't know very much about them. And or there's still a lot of misunderstandings and misinformation about what ABLE accounts are and how to use them. Yeah. ABLE accounts are not trusts. They are a it's an account. savings account, basically. It's not a checking account. It's a savings account. And every, not every state, but some states have them. And you can use these accounts if you are a person with a disability, generally, to save over and above the $2,000 asset limit for some public benefits. There are other rules that you need to adhere to. A lot of them, yes. Too many to go into here in this podcast. Um, But again, we've done a podcast and blog posts, and we did a webinar about ABLE accounts, and please go ahead and check out all of our materials about them. And um, we welcome your feedback as well. But ABLE accounts are, again, what's new in the law. And the important thing to know is that it is another tool in your plan. So they should be used potentially in conjunction with your special needs trust and in your planning for your special needs person. They are utterly, utterly not a replacement for a special needs trust. The important thing about ABLE accounts in recognizing that they don't replace a third-party special needs trust is that they have a state recovery or a payback provision in there. So anybody, like a parent, who wants to fund them with their own money is putting money at risk for payback when they wouldn't need to normally do that if they were going to use a third-party SNT. Um, And I have, you know, so much more to say on this topic, but we are running short of time. So um, any other what's new in the law changes, Mark? Those are the two biggest ones. Like I said, even secure is like not exactly up to date, you know, breaking news. It's about five to six years old. So from a planning perspective, nothing's really happened uh, as far as you know, changes in the law for trusts and estate, um, it's been quiet because of COVID. Um, we do get a lot of questions about Social Security. It doesn't appear that the Social Security local offices are going to open before June of this year. So we're still doing everything online and by telephone. But things have been going much more smoothly. Um, your local Medicaid offices are also still closed. Don't know how things are going in your state. Our state is eh, so-so. Um, some things going smoothly, some things not so smoothly. Um, as far as um, what is going on with housing, there have been um, multiple times when they've opened up new housing vouchers and I've been hearing some good things about people coming off the wait list so I think that's been working out pretty well there have been two rounds of um, of stimulus payments so that's been helping a bit um, but other than that there's nothing really new in the law as far as you know drafting trust documents and wills and trusts and that sort of thing. And of course, you know, there's so much that can happen on the state level. We're in Massachusetts, but, you know, we're in the state Medicaid agency may have something going on or whatever, right. but every state's got something. So there may be something spectacular happening in your one state, but we're not going to address those. Now, finally, what if you still have not done your plan? Because let me tell you something, we get calls all day long and we have been flooded with people who still have not started their planning. And bravo to all of you who are reaching out to finally get your plan done because that is fantastic. I am so happy that people are really moving 
towards that goal. It's important. But what do you do? How do you get started? What do you think? What's the, what's the first step, Mark? First of all, how do you find a, a good attorney to help with this? Well, I think you should not go to a generalist. Probably a good estate planner. I mean, one, one resource is to look for members of the National Academy of Elder Law Attorneys. We're members, full disclosure. I agree. And that is naela.org, mm -hmm. National Academy of Elder Law Attorneys.org. And they have attorneys in every state. Um, they're going to have more training in elder law and special needs planning than your average generalist and even than your average estate planner. Mm -hmm. On top of that, they have certified elder law attorneys who've gone even above and beyond that and have studied and have taken um, a certification exam. And Mark is a certified elder law attorney. I am not. And um, that is somebody with even more credentials. There are um, attorneys who belong to special uh, memberships, like the Special Needs Alliance or the Academy of Special Needs Planners. Some now, states, by the way, have board. Uh, Massachusetts does not have any board certifications of any specialties, but some states have board certifications in estate planning or elder law and so forth. So if your state is like that, uh, that's another thing that you could look for. Right. I would say that the memberships that I mentioned, the Special Needs Alliance and the Academy of Special Needs Planners, they are, you know, you pay a fee to join. So, you know, you may feel like, oh, well, I'm not sure that they are necessarily the best place to go to find somebody. But they are generally going to be a place where people are like-minded and are going to go to... Yeah, I mean, look, you know, the, the whole point is simply to increase your odds of success, right? No filter is going to be perfect. And I think that, you know, your best source of, of finding a good planner is to look for a referral from your local friends and family and maybe your financial advisor, your accountant. Um, start going to your local groups, your local chapter of the ARC. Um, go to an event where people are presenting estate planning or special needs planning presentations and start checking out the attorneys whose names come up over and over again and see who people have used in the past and who has good reviews and that's where you really are going to find the people who do this really as they're as their bread and butter, their, you know, people who, this is not, you know, every once in a while they do a special needs plan, but who are really doing special needs planning as they're living. And, and people, you know, if you can figure it out, people who write and speak for an, an, an estate planning or elder law attorney audience, you know, mm -hmm. they, at a minimum, they're taking this seriously. So really, the way to get started is to just get started. You need to get started. And there's no way out but through. <laughs> and it's hard to do it. It takes some fortitude. Nobody enjoys thinking about these things, about, oh, when you die or when you become incapacitated, what kinds of decisions do you need to make? It's no fun, for sure. And you just need to just get started that's that's my advice I know it's it's not uh, it's not pleasant but anyhow um, so um, any final thoughts mark about how we can encourage people you don't want me to say it to you sure <laughs> to recommend that people go to no never mind I'm not gonna do it what <laughs> 
I don't want to mention any names. The online services. Oh, yes. <laughs> Mark wants to really discourage you from doing your will online. No, I, 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 if we encourage it, that's actually more work for us when oh. things go wrong. <laughs> no, so um, when it comes to doing generic estate planning and generic um, legal documents, doing things online may be just fine. But when you have a complicated situation, like trying to do a special needs plan or a special needs trust, we really, really need to discourage you from doing something through an online service. And can I, I just want to be really serious here. We have, I think, almost every client says, I have, my estate is simple. Right. Okay. They're almost always wrong. And if you if you do planning without counsel, meaning you're just doing it online, the likelihood is is that well, you're not gonna know things went wrong because when they do go wrong, you're either gonna be comatose or dead. Mm. And even if they don't quote go wrong, many times things could have gone way, way better and you won't know, and even the people you love won't know because they just won't know how better things could have been. Here's what we do know. It is really challenging to be a consumer of legal services. It is. Because you don't always know the questions to ask, and it's very difficult to know if you've gotten what you needed from the attorney. When you're reviewing your documents, when you're looking at your plan, you don't always know if what you've received is going to work for you. So there is a lot of trust there. And that's why getting somebody who is very well referred is probably the best thing you can do to ensure success. It is really tough because I go buy a car. I know it looks pretty. I know it sounds good. I know it feels good. I can drive it, it's working. I can look at reviews in magazines and find that this make is a durable car and you know things like that. If I have a plumber come in and after the plumber's there, the pipes don't leak. I okay, great. How do you evaluate an estate plan? It's hard, and I really do. I, I have sympathy for everyone for that. So on that note, on that very challenging note, um, where we completely sympathize with all of you, <laughs> we just want to leave you with this thought. It is really important to, if you've got an estate plan already and it's been sitting on the shelf for some years, at least three to five years, and you haven't looked at it, take it off the shelf blow off that dust or wipe off that dust and take a look at it. Follow our three easy steps to um, go through a quick review, get your year 2021 started off right, and maybe you won't need to make any changes at all, but at least you've taken a really quick review and quick look at it to see if there's anything new that you need to do with your plan. If you do need to make some changes, go ahead and go back to your original attorney if you've got a great relationship with them. If not, find yourself somebody that you can have a long-term relationship with. If you haven't done your planning yet, please take that first step forward. Make an appointment with somebody in your area that you know and trust and that comes from a good referral. If you have any questions, as always, please reach out to us on social. We would love to answer them for you. And from our family to yours, Happy New Year. Hey, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. I just wanted to take a second to say how much I appreciate you taking the time to listen to these podcasts. I'm having a blast doing them, and I hope that you're finding the content to be what you were really hoping. If you are, please take a second to leave a rating and a review. It's so helpful in getting this content out to people who really need to hear it. Thank you so much.